millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. From the home of time. It is now quite a day for local sport from your local team. This is Charlton Live. Fifty years an attic, fifty years of crap referees and disappointment. I'm starting to wonder if Terry Smith is bad luck. Welcome to Charlton Live. Charlton Live. So good evening, everybody, and welcome to uh, Charlton Live here on your Sunday evening live on Maritime Radio. My name is Louis Mendes and joining me in the studio uh, as we look back at yesterday's uh, hugely frustrating, slightly controversial perhaps, uh, two-all draw with uh, Milton Keynes Don is uh, first of all, Nathan Muller. How you doing, Nath? You're not bad, mate. Yeah, I mean, you, I mean, you did just proclaim this was one of the happiest days of your life because we've got biscuits in the studio. Didn't you get <laughs> married recently? <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> yeah and I stand have, by my comment. He didn't have, he didn't have biscuits. He didn't have biscuits yeah. at the wedding. No, 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 no bourbons to be had at all. <laughs> well, I'm glad I didn't come. Uh, joining the pair of us, of course, Aaron uh, mentioned in the uh, introduction there, 
uh, the man who celebrated the 50th anniversary of his first Addicts game yesterday, Terry Smith. How are you doing, Terry? As disappointed as ever. Yeah, congr- congratulations, of course, <laughs> yeah, are, are in order uh, on, on yesterday's uh, achievement. Uh, here's I, don't it, I don't know if it is an achievement, it's just me being old, isn't it? We, <laughs> we got a little shout at half time, didn't you? I did, yeah, I was very pleased. Yeah, well, and a hug from the skipper, by the way. Yeah, a hug from a skipper. Oh, you've got plenty, you've got plenty. you got sweets thrown at you by, the, by the manager. By yeah, yes, it, was uh, it was a great day. Uh, on tonight's show, uh, we will concentrate more on Terry's uh, anniversary later on, because uh, obviously when you've got a man so experienced in the field of watching Charlton, there's plenty to be to be talked about, plenty of history to, to, to remember. Uh, but we will uh, start off by looking at yesterday's game, a two-all draw with Milton Keynes-Dons, uh, the former club, of course, of, of manager Carl Rumpson. We're going to hear the highlights from that here from uh, the manager after the game. He came in to speak to Terry. want to hear what you guys made of the game and, of, of course, of the um, important decision right at the end there, the, the penalty. Uh, I put out a poll on Twitter earlier to find out if you guys thought it was uh, a penalty or not. Uh, you, you probably won't be surprised by, by the results to that, but we will talk about that. Uh, we'll do uh, a little bit of history with Terry. Uh, our player in focus this evening is Ben Reeves, so I want your comments on how you've seen his performances so far this season. Uh, and if we have time, we'll look ahead to the Rochdale game. Of course, we are going to be uh, reading out your tweets, your emails, your comments on the Chat on Life forum throughout the show. So if you want to get involved... Uh, make sure you email us, studio at charltonlive.co.uk. You can tweet us at charltonlive, or you can head over to the Charlton uh, Life Forum. There's a thread on there for tonight's show. Just very quickly, tell before we go into the highlights, uh, your 30-second summary of yesterday's game. Should have won, didn't, and the referee was an absolute... And I'll leave that there, but... Yeah, look, we should have, uh, before the penalty appeal, before the, the dodgy... Actually, even their dodgy equaliser, we should have put the game to bed. We, we, we had the chances. We, we dominated that first half more than I've seen us dominate most teams. And uh, so we should have put them away. We didn't. And uh, as we've seen more more than once uh, in the past, and certainly in recent past, um, that comes back to bite you on the backside, uh, and it did. Um, the sad thing is that if it hadn't have been for... Uh, two decisions, uh, both of which cost us goals. Excellent. Well, let's have a hear, listen back to what happened at yesterday's game. Here are the highlights brought to you by Greg Stubbley and Mr. 50 Years himself, Terry Smith. It's over in front of the security box on the Charlton right-hand side. Swung into the penalty and arrow. They get it! Oh, what a header! In front of the keeper to give Charlton the lead. The simplest of finishes, but he had to be there. And he was right on the money. Lovely corner. Little flicked header, Charlton 1-0 up. It's been a great start from the addicts. It's a lovely corner from Jake Forster-Kasky and McGuinness does so well. The goalkeeper's there. It should be the goalkeeper's ball. It's in that six-yard box area. And McGuinness just is stronger. just wants it a bit more, just flicks it on. And I'm just watching the replay now. The goalkeeper will be very disappointed with it. Nichols, he should have got there. McGuinness wasn't to know. He just flicked it in and it's an empty net in the end for Josh McGuinness. He's had that heartbreak of Northern Ireland. He's back for the Addicts and he wants promotion and he's got the opening goal of the game. Lovely control by McGuinness. Turn. He's making space for himself. Oh, tried to find Ricky Holmes. Just didn't quite get it right. But uh, Saar strides forward and takes it over. Takes the shot. Saar! Oh! Oh. Just underneath the crossbar and it was plucked out of the air by Lee Nichols to stop it going into the roof of the net. Oh, he hit it well. Nervy Saar, there's a player with confidence. Nice pressure from Solly, he tries to switch the play and he'll come to Ricky Holmes here on the centre circle, Holmes will go on the run, he's got McGuinness to the right, who he uses McGuinness approaching the penalty area, still Josh McGuinness in the penalty area, McGuinness closed down switches across, oh. Oh, just behind oh. Rees will pick it up, back to Forskaski, shoots deflection, off the post oh, and snapped out McGuinness will get on the end of it, how did that not go in? McGuinness will leave this for a jolt and throw Get him to his left foot, will now chip towards the far post Consa's there, Consa flicks it back in oh, chance. too big a header 
for Forskeski. Got under it in the end. He's right in the centre, uh, right in the six-yard box. And headers over in the end. He'd be disappointed with that, Jay Forskeski. Yeah, too much on it, didn't he? And there is the half-time whistle to conclude a fascinating first half here, here at the Valley. Ball forward has been picked off by De Silva. Good ball down the line for McGuinness, who can turn. McGuinness looking for some support, and Reeves is offside, but Marshall isn't. And Marshall's run through. Mark Marshall through on goal. Oh, oh that's a good sorry. save by Nichols. And it should have been a goal, really, for Charlton. That was clever work, both from Reeves and, and Marshall, but I cut away. Uh, Charlton will have this corner anyway, as Ricky Holmes looks to take McGuinness, Marshall and Forskeski all underneath the goalkeeper's nose. Holmes swings it into that near post. Oh. And it'll... <laughs> And Ricky Holmes, you might remember last year against Rosebury, scored directly from corner. Tried to do exactly the same there, I think. Tried to catch out Nichols. Certainly trying to get it right onto the roof the of the net in the end. Uh, under pressure from Anike, chips the ball forward towards McGuinness, who flicks to his left, looking for Holmes. It's been cut out, but good work oh, from McGuinness well, to win work. the ball back from Charlton and De Silva run forward for the Addicts. De Silva, lovely ball to his right, finds Ben Rees, shooting opportunity. Rees, oh, good block. Handball appeals, but I think that's a good block in fairness to Goldburn. He got his body in front of it. Don's try and find an EK Straight and the ball's the forward. And Reeves gets there first. And surely that's a foul by McRandall's. Nothing given as Reeves goes down on the ground. And MK Don's will play on with Agard. Agard down the line for Williams. Williams trying to cut in onto his left foot. Good pressure from De Silva. It'll come to Gilby. Closed down by Cashy. He goes left to Goldburn. It crosses in towards the far post. It's over the head of Saar. And it's headed home by Agard. The back post. Out of nothing, really, for MK Dons. It's a lovely ball in from Goldburn. And Agard diverts it past Amos. The substitutions have worked for MK Dons, and we're level here at the Valley. And it all comes down from that uh, missed tackle in the centre-centre field when uh, the MK Dons man just went straight through the back of Reeves and Charlton were a man down as a result. Awful refereeing, absolutely awful refereeing. A clear foul straight through the back of Reeves, which you can't do. You just can't do it. And uh, Charlton switched off a little bit. The cross came in, and uh, oh, it was a good header. You've got to give him credit for the header, Agard. But there's no way that uh, play should have been even close to being up that far. Here's the ball in the box towards Rees and finds Rees. Rees on the turn. Deflection was a handball. It would have probably close, been a harsh yeah, decision. Close. I mean, he might have done, but he was too close. There's yeah. no way you're getting that. The ball deflected up into the arms of Nichols in the Gains end. From Amos goes on the halfway line. It'd be an easy header for. Williams has oh, forward and Constance misjudged the ball and Ike's through on goal and Ike oh. fires wide what a miss from Chucks and Ike he won't have an easier chance all game it was a rare mistake from Esri Conza misjudged the bounce of the ball and Ike went through on goal and the former Charlton target somehow fires wide he had wide. to score didn't he he had to score one on one with a keeper you don't slam it like that Ricky Holmes with it, swings it in. It's close to the keeper, but it's headed away oh, by... Someone's got to be there, it's a good ball. This time by Anike, it's run all the way up to De Silva, who chips it back into the box, Sars onside, little touch from Sars, straight oh, at the keeper. Oh, he Straight at the keeper, McGuinness was offside, he didn't try and play the ball, Sars wasn't. Hits it straight at the keeper, yeah, rolls it out instantly to Anike. The header, it's uh, dropped in midfield to Kashi, who's going on a bit of a run here, Ackman Kashi, can he tee up? Fosu, he can. Edge of the penalty area, Fosu on his left, into the box. Oh, it's That's a goal! Oh, Goldburn has put it in his own net. A crossfield ball by Tariq Fosu. Goldburn trying to get his foot round it to clear it away, and all he's done is slam it into the roof of the net. Superb work from Ackman Kashi in the build-up, and Charlton have the lead. With only three minutes left of normal time. Oh, unbelievable. The great work from Mark McCassie to drive the ball forward. We're screaming for him to pass it to Fosu. I thought he left it a bit too long. In the end, he manages to find a substitute. 
And I think Fossey's going for goal. He tries to go on his right foot. He looks to take the quick shot. He's miscued it totally. Tariq Fossey is going wide. And uh, Goldburn with, I think, McGuinness pouncing towards the back. Just tried to clear it and has somehow diverted it into the net. And Charlton have, <laughs> Charlton have the uh, lead again. Unbelievable ending on it. And dropped to Nesbitt. In the box. Oh, no. Oh, he's given... Oh, no, what? He's given a penalty. No way. This Again, the referee is a yard away. And the official over here on the near side has given a penalty. Again, the referee a yard away gives nothing. And the official over here flags like a lunatic to give a penalty. I didn't see it, so clearly it to know whether McCashy. it was. I, I don't know whether he got the ball. I'm not sure. I'm not 100% certain. I, it's one of those you need to see again. If he does, it ricochets back off the MK Don's player. But it was a dodgy foul to make in the penalty area. He didn't need to do it. To even give the linesman the opportunity to do that it was poor from him. Say God with the penalty. Four minutes of added time here. Agard steps up against Amos. And he scores. And the officials have conspired, I think, to uh, rob Charlton of that. Two or... Yes, a full-time whistle. So welcome to back to Charlton Live. That was the highlights of yesterday's game and some very shouty mascots who came into the studio uh, beforehand. Now, I mean, so many talking points from the game, but you're always going to focus on the the main one, the last one, the penalty shout, Nath. You walked out as soon as it happened. <laughs> oh, yeah, no. So as soon as, the, as, soon as I saw the the, um, the Lionel Webby's flag, which I wish I could shove it somewhere. But, uh, <laughs> but yeah, as soon as I saw that, I didn't even see him get the ball. I walked out straight away and I was... Oh, so just you didn't know he saved it then? Eh? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, I, literally, I, was, I, I think I was just past the club shot when I had the, the raw. So, um, yeah, I mean, from my, from my view, I couldn't see it. But like Greg said, I mean, it was silly, maybe, on Cash's part, to put a challenge in there. But I'm still unsure looking at it. But I, I'm, I would say it's more of a, a not, not, not a penny than it was. But I don't know. But if, I just thought the referee, from where I could see, the referee had a direct view of it. So then if if he's in the best line of vision and he doesn't give it, then surely you'd only go to your lino if you're in doubt as a backup, wouldn't you? Because you're supposed to be the main man in the middle, surely. The, now, sorry, come on, Kerry. So, well, my theory on this is, and, and I, I do like to put some conspiracy theories out there quite a lot, is I think, so the ref, I, I believe the referee hasn't made a decision because he's not sure. Mm. Now, the linesman, rightly or wrongly, and in my view wrongly, has made a decision because he is sure. And therefore, the referee being not sure can't overrule his linesman who is sure. So that's why I think he can't do it. Can I add to the conspiracy theory? Yeah. Uh, I think the linesman wasn't sure either, but he had an opportunity, having been really had his ear burnt yeah. for the most of that second half mm. by Nielsen from the, um, uh, and the MK Dons dugout generally. Mm. I mean, really been giving him a hard time. Because, to be fair, he'd missed pretty much everything the whole game. I mean, some of the challenges that were going in, and, you know, we go back a bit further, the, the, the officials lost the game, uh, I'd say, two-thirds thir- two of the way through the first half. And suddenly it became a very, very, you know, before and there was there was nothing in the game in terms of spite or any of that. Suddenly, 
two thirds of the game because a few challenges had gone missing from both sides. Because mm. I thought their their uh, centre half Onega had been clattered a few times and he didn't give it. Certainly, McGuinness had been clattered regularly and he was nothing was given. So the, it developed into a game that it shouldn't have done. And there was that flare up just before half time exactly. when I think it was was it George Williams yeah. who, took, who took down Ricky Holmes exactly. and held him yeah. on the ground yeah. as well. Yeah. So yeah, but you're right, it, it did become lost a, control. A, a bitty yeah. and an aggressive and game. And that suited MK yeah. Dons completely. Um, and I think. Because of that, and because of that, I think uh, M. Gadon realised that they were um, they needed to change the game plan, and I think they were in that uh, linesman's ear a lot. Uh, and he started just just started giving little decisions. It, that wasn't the first one. There was a few before that. He just started giving decisions that were really strange, and it was just. I mean, you'd have to see it to to, to understand. But looking at the go, you know, when he gave the penalty, it was just the the sheer vociferousness of mm. of the waving of the flag. It wasn't like a little do do do. Oh, excuse me. It was full on. Like he was guiding a plane down to land. It was manic. Uh, and the referee, as you say, he was looking straight at it. Had no intention of giving a penalty, I don't think, at all. But because the, the linesman saw a chance to maybe appease the uh, the ear bashers behind him for the, uh, for the last second, uh, he, he, uh, he saw an opportunity and took it. It was one of those rare occasions as well where bef- like after the game but before the press conferences and the interviews we all got to see the incident again someone uh, who'd been had the game on iFollow on Twitter had managed to film it on Twitter and, and put it up so we'd all seen it quite clearly uh, so we had to bend it I mean I was in I was in that tunnel watching it with the club's media team and then cover of some walk past and I was like and he'd already seen it as well, obviously. And, and he, I mean, he was angry. Uh, he was waiting for the referee. It took ages for him to come to the press conference after yeah, because <laughs> uh, he, he did a couple of interviews and then the referee became available. So he was, he was a long time. That did us no favours, as you'll hear in a minute, because it seemed he'd run out of anger by the time he got in there. <laughs> <laughs> he calmed down. He'd, well, he'd not, I don't know about calm down because he, he didn't. He came in and said, "Look, this can't be long, lads. So can you make this quick?" Oh, he, did he come in here before yeah, he went to no, see no, the? No, the no he came in after oh, after right. that. So he'd obviously uh, he'd obviously vented his spleen a lot <laughs> before he came to us. But you know, we've sent it back, and and what Cashy does is he he doesn't really make a challenge. He he sort of goes behind him and puts his foot Did down he? beside his foot. But obviously, there's you know the guy can feel him there. And he's gone over and gone down. Now, do you blame him for that? No, probably not. Uh, you know, a lot of people would and doing the same, mm. do exactly the same. Was it a penalty? Absolutely not. At the same time, I saw a lot of comments yesterday, and a few <laughs> that have come in today, which we'll come into. If you've uh, emailed us studio at chartonlive.co.uk, you've tweeted us at chartonlive. Quite a few people saying, "What's Cashy making a challenge for?" There, you've got. I think you've got Esri coming yeah. back, and possibly Navi Saro, another yeah. player yeah. already there. So. Does it need to make that challenge? And if he doesn't make it, there's no decision to be made? No, I don't think it needed to make Because if you look at where if where the guy of Nesbitt, where he had the ball, and where the, where the ball and where his body's ended up, he's going away from goal. So he's, he's, not, he's not really in a place of danger. He's going away from goal. The ball's going to take him out to the touchline, which you would, you'd shepherd, shepherd him out, wouldn't you? And he's dipped his foot in... Panic. Like, it's all yeah, right, it's like you do an art bath, and then he's obviously. <laughs> <laughs> if you do that sort of thing, and are. people are going to now start thinking of Nathan in an art bath. Yeah, <laughs> oh, please don't. <laughs> oh, I can't stop thinking of anything else now. Alison <laughs> uh, uh, tweeted in saying, Listen, listening back to those highlights just confirms the ridiculousness of yesterday's match. I mean, it really was a great game in terms of if you were neutral. Oh, yeah. Plenty of stuff. I had a couple of neutrals sat behind me, and they were really enjoying the, the, the game. Now, uh, this afternoon, I put it out to a poll uh, on Twitter to find out what the fans thought. Um, Quite simply, was it a penalty, yes or no? Uh, 27% said yes, uh, 73% <coughs> said no. But unfortunately, this did at some point get hijacked by MK. Yeah, I was going to say. Might, <laughs> <laughs> um, I, was, I, was, I noticed that, you know, every now and then, if there's a controversial decision, we get involved. You know, we had the issue with the Rotherham fans a little while ago, but that only one or two of their fans get involved. The MK Dons fans 
There's loads of them on Twitter, it turns out. And uh, my, my theory on Who that is... Thought, eh? Well, yeah, it's because, it's because they're, <laughs> MK Dons is a club desperately trying to find an identity, and they've obviously chosen internet geeks, which is fair enough. <laughs> um, uh, now, uh, there, I mean, there was a good point on the, on the Chat Online forum from SD Addict. It says, when talking about the game yesterday, I think it's really important to remember that we absolutely bossed the game until their goal. Their goal came from basically their first chance. Uh, up to that point, I thought it would be one of our most assured performances at home, dominating possession and creating chances. We probably should have been too free up uh, by the 63rd minute when we conceded after that we were poor but I did I just didn't want the first 60 minutes to be overlooked because we often only focus on the end of matches understandably and that's, and that's a very fair point and by the way uh, and it's gone a bit unnoticed and under the radar because of the penalty Reeves was taken out no question about it in mid-air from behind for taken out goal. for the first goal yeah now in any walk of, you know in any game in the planet that's a foul so how you know how did he miss that uh, or not give it? It was just bizarre in the extreme. And then when I mean then when I, when I was speaking to Carl, he was sort of saying like if if the foul for the penalty is a foul, then surely the one on Reeves in the build up to the goal is is also a foul. Uh, so obviously a very contentious decisions. But uh, as SD Addict says there, I thought for the first hour yesterday, I thought we were superb. I mean, other than t- taking that chance, I mean, I thought we pressed MK Don so high in that first twenty minutes they couldn't get out of their half. Mm. Every time they had the ball, we would three or four men in front of their faces and uh, you know that that fast start we were rewarded with that early goal and, and we, I think we talked about this on Thursday actually with, with Josh McGuinness now he, he's had a big big disappointment in the last couple of weeks you know two years worth of work trying to get Northern Ireland towards the, the World Cup you know in a way snatched away by a very dodgy referee's decision probably used to it uh, by now <laughs> but so important for him to come back and to build his confidence straight up with his first goal in a little while yeah no we said obviously we said on um uh, Thursday, you know, would it get to him? We all sort of agreed that I don't think Carl and all the other lads will let him get down, and because he's obviously quite a confident character. But um, obviously, obviously, it's something that Jacko's worked on in training because they seem to celebrate um, and have a good chuckle at it. Because obviously, that's what they worked on. But. Well, yeah. Well, Carl, Carl mentioned it in, in the in the BBC interview after the game. He said that that was literally that was one of Jackson's set pieces, and, ah. was, and they were really uh, Jackson noticed some uh, a deficiency in the way MK. Uh, defend set pieces, mm. yes, like you said on on the Friday or something, because they've yeah. been working on this specific one. So it must be so so uh, it must feel so good when you've been working yeah. on that and you pull it off. So yeah, uh, I mean, because I, I haven't seen the goal back, but did, did he run across the front and then well, go to like, the near post? Because yeah, I the mean, near post, the keepers yeah. come out and he's just been. So him. I mean, yeah. uh, that's what I mean, and that's what Josh is good at, and obviously they've worked on it. But obviously, I, you can't do um, doing the world of good. I thought he worked like an absolute trojan yesterday. I mean. He gave that a Banks Landell, which isn't he isn't a slight geezer, is he? That Landell is a bit of a lump, but I thought he was he give a good good as he's got yesterday, Josh, and obviously got the goal to that he obviously deserved from his performance yesterday. We've seen games recently as well where perhaps uh, teams have come and tried to make it difficult for us, like you know the real Wimbledon uh, a couple of weeks ago, and, and sometimes it can be quite hard to, to break them down. So to get such an early goal, to I guess was. So exactly the start we were needing and that's when you need to build in it I think yeah. in terms of the flow of play we did build in it it's just taking that second chance yeah I think so and I think maybe um, I mean I know we're, we're, we're sort of second guessing a little bit and possibly clutching at straws but let's say it's a, a more up to speed Ben Reeves and uh, Mark Marshall uh, or uh, a fully fit Fosu and Clark on that side in that first half rather than um, than what we had and maybe we'd have uh, uh, we'd have ex- exploited it a bit more because Mark Marshall, as, uh, I thought he put a shift in, mm. a, a real shift, but he just seemed reluctant to try and take um, take his man on. 
too many times for me. He can't cut back inside, mm. uh, and we know he can cross the ball superbly. So maybe I was, you know, I was probably a little bit disappointed that he didn't try and take his man on a bit more and give McGuinness the ammunition he he, he craves to to build on that first headed goal because as we saw you know they didn't deal with that particularly well at all we didn't get enough crosses in the box after that for me I think it's actually possibly a bit remiss of us not to mention the move that led up to the corner before, so before the goals a superb mm-hmm. move Agreed. they ended up releasing uh, Jake Forster Cassie mm-hmm. down the right in terms of free flowing football on the floor I mean intricate passing around the edge of the box I and mean, we try it a lot but that was the first time in it, you know, that we, we really pulled it off and it looked mm-hmm. excellent and thought we were going to get a chance from that yeah I thought we looked very um, very good that's one where Holmes did it, was it Holmes that sort of hit it, it was Holmes sort of, and Forster Cassie across all the ball involved, and on yeah. the right yeah yeah. I mean, yeah, there was that loads of times yesterday. We was um, so I sit out there with Paul, and well, you just sit there and go. We actually look really fluid and look really. It's like nice to watch us nowadays. And yeah, like you say, we've done it a few times, and they, they just couldn't get the ball of us. They, mm. they couldn't even with our back four when we want, when we were one new up. That Chucks and EK was just huffing and puffing, sort of getting the ump because they just couldn't deal with us, with us just passing it around them. And obviously Holmes drove at them and he passed out wide and. Yeah, like throughout that first half, we looked so comfortable on the ball. I just thought I think I could see us winning three four here. I think. Yeah, I'd, I'd agree with that uh, pretty much completely. I think that, that there were your the previous was it a tweet or an email was said about um, they didn't really have a sniff till sixty three yeah. minutes, which is true. But I thought the game changed about ten minutes before the end of that first half when, as I say, the ref let it and the, the, the officials let it get out of control. We lost shape. Uh, and I think it gave them a bit of momentum and, and, and showed them that they could get at us and they just became more physical uh, they changed their approach and um, I didn't think we were as, effect- as effective as soon as that happened Well there was a spell I mean even from I mean after that first time we cut them open which led to the corner which led to the goal then our real chances were coming from distance so I think after a, a shaky opening 15 they Solidified, made it hard to break down. And then we were seeing the long shot, so we had Cashy, Holmes, and Navi. So I mean, if that Navi oh, oh, <laughs> goal had gone in, that would have been. That it. We'd have all picked up and gone home. That, that would have been, been another the, yeah. moment. That would have been it? the best comeback was, since was, Jesus. I was, re- I was really, lo- really worried about Greg next to it because you know, obviously, his reaction when Cashy scored. <laughs> but if Navi Sard had got that goal, there'd have been no stopping him. He'd have been away. I wonder what decibel he would have got. To. <laughs> but then, then we had that. Then we had that that really good chance. And this was on twenty-four minutes. So again, probably the first. The first time since that opening five minutes, we've really got in behind them. Uh, and the ball to McGuinness, and at first I thought he was going to attack and, and maybe fire across the goalkeeper. I think he probably rightly didn't fancy himself from the angle he was at. So he held, got towards the byline, crossed it behind everyone. But I think it was Reeves who picked it up, sent it back to Forster Kaskier. And it wasn't the truest strike because it hit, it took a deflection straight away. And then, but I mean, how can it hit the inside of a post like that and not go in? <laughs> yeah, perhaps we should have seen the writing on the wall when that happened because. Um, for all the world, it looked like even as it hit the post, it's got to go in. It yeah. has to go in, and then to, to roll all the way across the line and off the other side was just—it mm. um, it was despair, I think. Yeah. I suppose, and it, it must—you it, know—you must from when you're playing and, and watching, you must think, "Oh, God, is it not going to be hard?" I mean, I know we were wandered up at that point, but even so, you must think, oh, "Those have got to go in." Hmm. Yeah, uh, the, uh, the there was no, there was just a, perhaps a. A sight of our potential, you know, potential weak weakness when uh, when Cashy gave the ball away on the edge of the box, where we, and we were trying to play it around and just uh, got caught out, but nothing really came from it. Uh, and then uh, another decent chance for Forster Kasky. Uh, the corner headed back towards Konza. Forster Kasky headed over, and, and there has been times this season where we've taken a goal, and now we're listing chances that we miss, and then we go on to ru- to ruin it. And I guess that is one of these cases. Mm. Sadly, yes. <laughs> 
Uh, but as, as the, the game went on, I think really they had their first real chance, uh, the shot from Paolo that, that deflected wide. Um, and then it was it was just bef- not long not long before half time, just I think, I think an injury time where we saw, like I said, this flare up between uh, the, their their man uh, George Williams and uh, and Ricky Holmes, where Holmes was getting away, and he, he bundled him down and then just sort of laid on top of him, refused to let him get up. Now again, I saw a video of the incident this afternoon. And some people, I mean, it's a, it's a yellow card for the bundling down. Is it another yellow card for holding on to him, or is it all part of the same? Yeah, I think thing? it's all part of the same same process. I think, I, as much as I get what people are saying, maybe the pull behind, pull back in the first place is, is a yellow, and then the, the whole wrestling match afterwards potentially is another yellow. But the referees pulled it for the incident, so I don't think you can um, you can necessarily. Uh, expect the referee to give two yellows. It's not likely, is it? If he'd have, if he'd have, you know, run across and flashed the yellow card straight away, and then they wrestled, possibly, but it's never going to happen before he even flashes one. So the referee needs to be quicker in these situations. Well, it's never going to happen. Did it? Actually, <laughs> one of the funniest tweets yesterday was Tom Wallins because uh, he was uh, commenting on the way the referee was running. Oh yeah, <laughs> he's stunning in his shoe, didn't he? I wanted to go and take it out. Who's <laughs> doing my head in like a little chicken? <laughs> I'm trying to remember the, if Tom's listening. I'm trying to remember the uh, the music he said. You have to listen. If you listen to it in your head as he runs, it's really funny. And I couldn't remember what it was. Uh, we had the, the the big chance to start the second half again. To, to and this was quite a clever play by. Was it in the middle? Who knew they were offside? Possibly, Reeves. Yeah, Reeves. Yeah, Reeves yeah. Yeah, so, the, yeah. so the ball had gone through. Reeves clearly offside, but he just stepped out of the way and did it enough to not be interfering. And, and uh, Marshall was the one more alert to it than the MK Don's defence, who I think were waiting for the flag uh, to burst through. Mm. So you know, good on him for bursting through, but just. Disappointing with the finish, the goalkeeper's done well to smother him, I guess. Do you reckon three or four more games into his uh, into his season? Because basically mm. he's only had a couple, isn't he? Uh, he if, and he puts it away? Yeah, I, I think so. I think it, as well as his run, I think if he put that onto his right, I think that would be mm. the goal. He was on his weaker foot, but yeah, I agree. If he's a lot sharper, I think. And he sort of knew, he, you can tell in his face, he knew it was a it was a chance that he, he probably would have put away last season without a shadow of a doubt. But give him time and he's getting in those positions and it was... Um, yeah, no, it was it was a good 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 play, but um, I really wanted him to score. I just want him to get off the mark now because I think once he once he gets going, I don't think he, he's going to be unplayable. I think. Marshall. Well, we already know that yeah. we've uh, witnessed it from first hand experience. <laughs> yeah, exactly. and, and it's funny because everywhere we go uh, for away games, they all you know they all pretty much seem to say uh, the the media team or the people in other in in the, in the opposition um, areas say, uh, "Oh, you've got that Mark Marshall, haven't you?" Mm. Oh, he ripped us apart when he came mm. down here with Bradford. It was the same as last. It was the same as last when we got first got Holmes. And who did we have first game in the season? Was it Berry? Yeah, and Berry was saying like, "Oh, you've got that Ricky Holmes," and I don't think I've. I see him and stuff, and yeah, so it looks like we've got a player. Just want him to get up to speed now, just it so takes, we can see the proper. Yeah, it takes time, it? yeah, but of course yeah. it does. Yeah, uh, hopefully we've seen some glimpses already. Um, now uh, we, we've mentioned the the build up to the goal. We felt it was a foul on Reeves, uh, but after that, I guess you're gonna you are gonna look at the defender for the goal. And I think are, are you going to question whether Naby Sar got caught underneath the ball a bit? There was it was the cross too good? Was his position not quite right? Which, how, how do we go with that? Yeah. I still think we were all um, all still expecting the referee that that he should have pulled up for the foul. I think we switched off. Yeah. Um, I think you can't. Uh, you got. You got. It was a decent finish. You yeah. got. Got to give him credit for that. And uh, they exploited the, uh, the the gaps. And there were gaps. Mm. Uh, maybe we got. Uh, I think it was Nabby and maybe even Ezri got dragged towards the ball rather than concentrating on on in, uh, who was in the box. And I do think they just all had their head around the fact that that should have been a foul. Yeah. And they weren't concentrated. It was interesting because Robbie Nielsen made all these substitutions in, in sort of quick succession there at the start of that second half. And, and it changed. And it did change. Yeah. It, it was one of the subs, uh, Kieran Agard, who um, 
who who scored the uh, well both goals in the end. Now straight away after that, Ben Reeves had a shot from uh, inside the area. Uh, some appeals for handball from Reeves himself as well, and from behind the goal. But it was very close, wasn't it? Yeah. Did he? I'm yeah. not sure you can give that. No, really. I, uh, I was right behind it. I thought it was, you'd be harsh to give it. It, it, um, too close, and he didn't yeah. lift his hand up or anything. It wasn't. In a, what's the what's the phrase? Wasn't in an unnatural position. Unnatural yeah. position. Yeah. So I, I'd have been. That that would have been been more surprising than the one he eventually did give. <laughs> uh, and then uh, a huge, huge chance for Chucks and Ike, uh, bursting through. Now that was that 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 miss was shocking, wasn't it? Yeah. Bursting through. You have to work the goalkeeper at the very very minimum. Uh, in the end, he, he took out um, MK Don's his oldest fan, who of course is forty two, uh, sitting behind the goal. <laughs> But yeah, I don't know what Ez, Ez was doing for that guy. I don't. He let the ball bounce, didn't he? I think, and he just sort of. He said, I don't know what happened, or from what view, it just looked like he's tried letting the ball bounce. And he's been out muscled, I think. Yeah, that's Do you know? I, I mean, I said it before before the game, and uh, um, this is not an I told you so thing by anyway by any stretch. But I think uh, Naby Sarr, who's uh, who's actually been a revelation this season, I think um, compared to what we saw before, <clears throat> and Ezri Konzer are both very similar style of players in in as much as they want to play football, which is fine when you're dominating the game. And, uh, and they're not getting a look in. I thought the first half they were exceptional. I think it's slightly different when you're under pressure. And what you need is a Patrick Bauer or a Jason mm, Pierce who yeah. are no nonsense, get the ball out, don't worry about uh, uh, pretty stuff, just clear your lines, yeah. get rid. I mean, and I think when you when you haven't got that and you're under pressure, it, it can it can put us under undue, undue pressure yeah. at the back. And I think that, that sort of started to happen lat- uh, laterally in the second half. Especially. Yeah. I mean, Pierce is the absolute personification of that style mm. of football. But you're right. I mean, it, they, I mean, it did feel like for... Ten minutes, maybe after they equalised, we we fell apart, yeah. and, and that that was disappointing. We just couldn't handle the pressure, and uh, so we were trying. And, and you got to laud them for it. You're trying to play football, trying to keep uh, keep the um, what do they call the mentality of trying to play football and play play your way out of trouble, which is great. Uh, and I think if you've got one person who can do it, and then another person who thinks, well, actually, now's not the time, wallop, then I think it's a perfect match. And um, as I say, when you're dominating play and you've got a midfield that's strong and you're really going at teams, <clears throat> it doesn't show up when they're on at you. And they're putting you under pressure. It starts to look a bit of a weak link. So it, did, it took us. So it took us maybe 10, 15 minutes to sort of shake ourselves out of that little slumber that we found ourselves in after after their first equaliser. Then we did start putting on the pressure again. Ricky Holmes with some good runs, winning those corners, couple of corners in quick succession. The second of which uh, ended up falling to Naby Sarr. Now it's funny, really, because um, after one of the Checker Trade games, um, Carl was talking about how how he'd be tempted to play Naby Sarr up front. But I, I, off the top of my head, I can think of three sitters he's missed recently. I mean, he missed one at Oxford as well, where the flag was up. He missed one yesterday in the first half where I think the flag was up. And then there's one, uh, we missed one in the checker trade where, where it was square to him and he fired it over. Now, yesterday, um, a, f- a corner's coming, it's got headed out. He's done the right thing in terms of lurking, thinking, oh, this is going to come back in. He's, he's timed his run perfectly to beat the offside trap. He just didn't have that confidence in himself to catch that volley properly and fire it a goal. Yeah, that's, uh, yeah I mean, if he, if he would have banged that top corner, then... I would have started up front the next game, but, um, <laughs> but yeah, no, I, I, I think everyone wanted him to score, but it was just I don't know. I think I think because he, he had so much time, he probably overthought it. If that makes sense, yeah, it does, yeah. he probably oh, did. And let's be honest, when you yeah. saw the ball going into the box, you thought well, that's a great ball, and then you see who it landed to. Yeah. <laughs> be honest, you're thinking this ain't going in. <laughs> yeah, I mean, because you know Naby Sarr, I thought, as yeah. I said before, I think he's been a revelation compared to the Naby Sarr we saw uh, a, a couple of years ago. But yeah. um, <clears throat> you know, 
Yes, stick him up front, mainly for his uh, size and the fact that he'll cause defences trouble, not because he can finish with a volley from the edge of the six-yard box. Um, so, <laughs> I would have loved that if that went oh, if that, Again, oh, it's mate. a bit like a long shot. If that oh. had gone in as well, we'd have all been, you know, we'd, we'd probably all still been running around the valley, wouldn't we? But, uh, <laughs> I do think the first Navi goal, Navi side goal since his comeback is going to be a great moment. Oh, yeah. It's mm. going to be a, a hallelujah moment. Now, someone who does know how to finish, Scott Goldburn, sadly, <laughs> sadly in, in the wrong there. <laughs> Can I ask you a question, by the way? Was that a genuine tweet? You, the, you know, the the TW. Yeah. No, that was you. I, I didn't know whether somebody had. Um, uh, it's like. Uh, oh no! Yeah. No, no good. Right. No, I'm pleased ex- about that. I got to be excited when that went in. So <laughs> I, could, I could tell. It, yeah, you can always tell. I, I, I do get excitable uh, when when we get a late wide. Ian Mendes, BBC winner. correspondent, described the goal by saying, uh, "Goal, Bernard. Um, it rhymes with hat." And begins oh, with right. TW. I thought you said TW. Yeah. I was going to say Tony Watt then. Yeah, T- <laughs> T- oh, hang on. Yeah, TW T- rhymes with hat uh, and into, his... into the roof of the net. <laughs> <laughs> well, I reckon he's been thinking, he, he saw obviously Nabbies. He said, I'm going to show our Nabby how you do it. <laughs> yeah. It's like, bam. Goal scoring defenders. <laughs> Maybe Goldburn wants to come and sign for Charlton and play at front. So, yeah, sees that Robinson likes a goal scoring defender. But, I mean, the, 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 I mean, the starters, the drive from Ahmed Kashi, yeah. I think I think it was their goal kick, actually. And he picked yep. up in midfield, and that drive, that energy late on, and Carl does talk about how we ended with high energy. That's what we had in, in, in space at the end there, and that drive was excellent. Made space for Foster. Now, I don't know what he was trying to do. He tried to, he tried to wrap his right foot around it, but he got it horribly oh, wrong. Oh, he was trying to score, no question yeah, about it. Yeah, he got it horribly wrong when he was going out. But uh, Ahon Grant did the right thing to put a little bit of pressure on the defender and forced him into a mistake. I mean, 99 times out of 100, that's not going to happen. But he's, he's tried to turn it around. He's skimmed off the top of his foot into the top corner. And uh, it was really funny. I don't know about skimmed off the top. Of his foot. <laughs> <laughs> he leathered it. <laughs> he absolutely leathered it. You can see what he was trying to do. And, and uh, I mean, I generously told, uh, said on commentary that Tariq, had, uh, it was like a crossfield ball. No, it wasn't. <laughs> He, he sort of toe-poked it. He was trying to get wrap his foot around it. He completely missed it. He toe-poked towards... Uh, and I thought, well, Goldberg's just going to put this off for a corner now. Mm. And he just he just thundered it into the roof. And it was just... Great it was a brilliant finish. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, I was uh, I was enjoying that uh, that moment. But then... Uh, so And then we have the, the controversy. Down there. I mean, it, it, we are going to pick pick a bit at it a bit. I mean, it's the second time in the last... <laughs> Four or five weeks, so you remember Walsall, where we've gone into a 88th minute lead and still not won the game. And but I mean, Carl will, will say that it shouldn't have been a penalty, so we would have seen it out anyway. But like we say, there are questions, perhaps whether whether Ahmed Kashi should have made the challenge, whether it was a bit of panicking because they're in the box. It's the last minute. We need to see this out. No, it certainly was that. Um, you know, we were desperate to try and hang on, uh, which is not necessary actually. You know, when you consider we, the reason we went to one up was because we were putting them under pressure. Uh, the best form of defence and all that. You just you just keep that pressure on, and you know they got the ball up fairly quickly, and and I think it was penalty. I think Cashy's just trying to. I think what he's trying to do is just put his foot beside the player to stop him turning around and, and getting a shot off, and just putting pressure on the player, which he he does in midfield regularly, uh, and it works. But in the penalty box, when as soon as the uh, the striker or whoever he was, was it um, the Paul? It was the one who went down. Paul. Um, as soon as he felt the pressure, <laughs> then he, he went down, and and he chanced his arm. If I go down, I might get something, and he did. Uh, now, full time. Now you're frustrated about the result, but you can try and look at the, you know, speaking to people after the game yesterday. Fr- frustration about the result, the penalty kick, and all that. But I think the overall feeling was, you know, um, we, we've we've come out of games that we've drawn before and not played well, and think, oh, it's bloody load of rubbish. You come out yesterday thinking, look, we do- we've done well today. You know, it's disappointing. Mm. You're not going to win every game. Yeah, no. I put on Twitter yesterday. I was raging yesterday. I was just 
It's just so gutting because we played so well, especially that first half, that first 30 minutes. And then even up to the 60 minute mark, we I thought we were still in control of the game. And uh, I think it was just because it's all happened so late and it, it just seemed that we didn't deserve to draw the game. Um, but yeah, I mean, I mean, if you look at it in hindsight, yeah, we should, we played really well. We're sitting third in the league. It could have been worse like it has been previously. So, and you know, we've got two games in hand. We've got a big game on Saturday. So, so you know, it's it was yeah, it's gutting, but in the context, in of the, the context season, of yeah. things, yeah, it's it's gutting. But we didn't lose. That's the thing. If no, we I lost, it'd have been like I think what compounds it is the fact that uh, you know Shrewsbury go up and score a last minute winner, yeah. and uh, and Bradford beat Wigan. Yeah. You know, so I mean, that sort of compounded the, the 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 whole frustration of the end of the afternoon. I think. But we have mm. got those two games in hand, which is uh, important to remember. Now, obviously, uh, Carl Robinson, after having calmed down a bit, came in to speak to. Uh, Terry Smith after yesterday's game uh, if you listen carefully you'll be able to hear him lobbing Quality Street at Terry at the start of the interview joined by Carl Robinson in the studio and uh, uh, can you possibly put your emotions into words well words that are um, uh, are able to be broadcast anyway well, first and foremost I'm wondering what I'm doing <laughs> he's eating one of my sweets is what yeah. I'm doing um, was it 50 years to today that you first 15 to today 50 to today could have been better but uh, we didn't lose I guess but well, I feel even more good well it, it sums up my 50 years basically uh, <laughs> some great football great people frustration and rubbish officials that's pretty much what I've, what I've witnessed over the last 50 years to be snap <laughs> not 50 years though <laughs> listen today we were excellent the fans were excellent the players were excellent I think everyone in the stadium knows we were the better team um, like he's a very good MK Dons team managed very well supported very well and we, we, we deserve more our fans at the end showed the support again that we needed the players are on the floor in there We've picked them up, got a few injuries, but we, we go again on Tuesday. I mean, from the sidelines, and you watch things unfold, I mean, the, the, their equaliser when uh, Reeves clearly got taken out from behind. <laughs> Not only did he get taken out, the boy was out of control. He was able. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and, and the referee that close doesn't give it. Is it is when you're on the sideline? Is the writing on the wall almost? Do you, do you feel something's yeah. gonna, something's going to happen that's not going to be right? Yeah, but that's, that's football. Listen, today I'm proud, proud of our club. Um, Sometimes, sometimes in life, that I think we're always judged on on so many different components of, of of life in general. And the one thing I always say, even to my daughter, that things that are out of your control, never worry about. There'll always be people that'll be trying to dig you out or say things. Or, but if you have no control over it, don't let it affect your psyche. Don't let it affect your mood. Don't let it affect your talent. Um, not that she's got many. I'm only joking, Jasmine. <laughs> but it, but never let. So it's the same with the players. Don't let something out of your control. What we had of what we had of control of today, we achieved our goal, and and that's all I can ask. Is it now a case of trying to turn that into uh, <coughs> not into a positive? That's not the right word. But will it? Over two months now in the league without a defeat. That's enough for motivation. Um, we're going to go through bad times, bad performances, bad results. The roller coaster of the football league <laughs> season is is what it is, and. Uh, we're in a great position. We've got two games in hand on some teams. We've got some big games coming up, some difficult games coming up. And for us, we've just got to keep soldiering on, keep marching on, keep playing our style, keep believing in the badge, keep believing in the players. We had uh, a sergeant major come in and speak to the players and did the team talk before the game. And um, we spoke about what a team is. Um, and I finished off with, with my players and just said, a good team is doesn't always get on. A good team has so many different f- fractions to it that are different. But they all have one common goal. And we look like we have one common goal. Um, and we've got to be willing to go to the edge with each other and hold each other when maybe they're leaning over the edge and drag them back and push them over the line and push and shove and, and do what it takes. 
And today, I think my players really played with the desire. I'd like to thank uh, Sergeant Major who came in and spoke to us, and I thought it was very inspirational in what he said. Um, even the plaque before that we uh, that we opened up for for PCK Palmer, that was a, again another lovely touch. This is a very unique football club, a very very unique football club. And once again, my players are proud to play for it. And as a manager and as a staff, we're, we're pleased to be here working. And uh, I, I just feel that we've been let down by something out of our control. But like I said, it's not going to affect us because we had no control over it. But you've <coughs> you got, <laughs> you got a tough period of games coming up. Obviously, you've got uh, some in quick succession that's going to test your squad to the, to its limits, I guess, uh, with a few injuries, as you just mentioned. Um, is that t- Does January not come quick enough in that respect? That depends who are winning. That's a good point, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but looking, we've met players, we've met agents, we're, we're, we're starting to plan for January. Yeah. Well, I, I don't know. I, it's impossible to put into words today. <coughs> um, uh, obviously, First half, especially where we played some magnificent yeah. football, which must give you uh, cause for. Yeah, cause listen, for, uh, um, again, I'm, I'm always proud. I'm always proud of my players, as you, you know. Um, but to, for you, congratulations on 50 Thank years. You. Thank you very much. Um, I should be many fans listening who've, who've done a lot longer. Oh, yeah. I felt so much more pain <laughs> um, and just as much enjoyment. And uh, hopefully, we can bring them times back. Appreciate it, Carl. Cheers, mate. Thank, Thank you. Chooses to use him. Holmes uses him decoy. Crosses now in towards McGuinness. Headed away. Now it's come to Fosu in the penalty area. Fosu, little step over. Fosu onto his left foot. Tariq Fosu still. What a finish. Tariq Fosu, great work to come inside onto his left foot. Couple of step overs, worked a bit of space. His reverse shot past Cairns and Charlton back ahead. I've not got a cap, but if I had a cat, I'd be kicking it all over my house tonight. <laughs> Welcome back to uh, Chat Online. That was Carl Robertson uh, threatening to harm felines. Um, uh, I think he had calmed down by the time he came oh, here, but he was, ra- he was raging in the time. Yeah, I was expecting uh, full-on rage, and, and I was uh, uh, waiting for it, and I thought, all I've got to do is ask one question, and then I'll let him go, because he'll, he'll just do, do everything for me. But he was remarkably subdued. I don't know if that was a quality street or what. I don't know. Well, after he'd thrown it at you, they would finally yeah. taken out all these exactly, anger. That was yeah. the last bit of anger he had left him. <laughs> and <laughs> it was a toffee one. It wasn't, it wasn't, like, it wasn't <laughs> even a soft centre. No, not even a strawberry cream. No. Um, so yeah, I was I was a bit surprised that, uh, and he clearly didn't want to go down the same road again that he'd already been down yeah. in the three previous interviews. <laughs> so he clearly wanted to sort of calm the waters. So yeah. uh, yeah. and so after so he, he, after he did the my interview in the tunnel, then he then went into the um dress the referees dressing room, which was down the road. And by the way, I've never seen the two bouncers have to stand outside that before. Uh, I, I tried to stay around just to see because I wanted to hear some cups being thrown or something, but he couldn't hear anything. So <laughs> I'm sure he uh, he wasn't too happy. Um, London Nick Giza said because uh, Cole did mention a very good MK Dons team, great fans. Do me a favour, Robinson. Still not over his first love. I see uh-huh. uh, really uh, a crap uh, fake Dons team and silent uh, away support. Um, but there's plenty of tweets of coming uh, throughout the day, which I shall read to you now. Um, obviously, I, I asked uh, about the penalty, so a lot of them are about the penalty. But you know, it, that, that's the beauty of football. Everyone has their own views on it. And also, someone else pointed out on online yesterday that. You know, we've all watched that penalty decisions 50 times now and no one's, I mean, us three in the studio perhaps seem to think it's not a penalty. Others online think it is a penalty. That shows why the 
uh, video refs aren't going to solve that, are they? Because you'd have a video ref look at that and go, oh, I don't know, actually. Well, I think what they should do is, uh, I think if the referee gives a decision and then uh, the video ref is asked to look at it, unless they can 100% conclusively um, say that it isn't, you know, to go against the ref, then they'll keep with the same decision. And the problem with that is, because it's all old pals act anyway, you'll see very few reversals, very few, unless it's absolutely blatant, you won't see them. Right, let's get involved then. Colin Hart uh, sent us some tweets this afternoon. He said, uh, what I see, it was a soft pen, but Cashy did not need to try and win the ball. It looked like we had the defending uh, under control. Cashy did not need to try and nick the ball. The situation looked under control, which I think is... I wouldn't disagree with that. I've got to be honest, yeah. I mean, in hindsight, he didn't need to stick his foot there at all, but he still didn't really make any contact. But that's... Uh um, I suppose that's neither in or there. Uh, Eb James says, Don't be so daft. Of course it wasn't a penalty. We were sitting behind the uh, Milton Keynes dugout and the linesman had been hassled all game by them. He, like the ref, had a mare of the game it, uh, of a game. It was obvious that the linesman caved in to too much pressure. The smile uh, of contempt on their faces uh, tell it all. Uh, Valley Freud, uh, Floyd Fred says, uh, If the referee had called it, I may have been able to have some minor acceptance of it as he had the best view, but he didn't see anything. Then his idiot assistant started waving his flag in the air from further distance and the ref showed no authority and gave it now this sort of picks pointed to what I said earlier now I mean do you think that's the case so, so the line, the referee obviously is right there and in, I mean if he's not sure then he doesn't give the penalty but if the linesman's waving he can he then go well he should ask him I'm what he's waving sure. about shouldn't he well he obviously knows what he's waving he's waving for a penalty yeah but yeah. I mean should in my opinion and um, I would have thought and if there's any referees listening that they, they might be able to correct me but if you if you're looking if you're the referee and you're looking at it and you think that's nah, not a penalty, then your linesman who's twenty yards away with a heart with a with a worse view because his body's in the way, thinks it is. Then you go and ask him what he saw that you didn't, and what did he think that made it a stonewall penalty that you thought wasn't? Am I am I not right in thinking that he did go and speak to the linesman? I know he, no. he pointed he pointed to the spot, but then he did he not speak to the linesman? No, he was just, he was just keeping players away. I think uh-huh. I don't think he actually spoke to him at all. Uh, in as much as why did you give it? Uh, what, you know, tell me the reason why I should now give a penalty when I didn't think it was one, mm. because surely that's the, the 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 conversation you have. If you're a, a referee who are and you are in charge, then if you've seen something that you think that nah, is definitely not a penalty, yet somebody else thinks, well, okay, let's let's say for example he didn't see Cash's foot go down and make contact. Let's say it did make contact, and the linesman has seen him make contact, and that's what he's got to tell him. But he didn't even have that conversation. The lino's got to be so, so sure that it's a pen. To give it at that stage of the game, that lino is probably 100% sure that it's a pen. But he wasn't. Well, I think that's right. I think he was 100% sure. It doesn't make, doesn't make him but, correct because he was wrong. But then what would happen but, if he was flagging for the pen and then the ref just goes, yeah, no, you're right, mate, and plays <laughs> on. So then well, they'd be like, well, what's no, the, the referee has, Yeah, but the referee or, has the power to yeah, do Yeah, he does, I mean, yeah, you know. but I don't... Yeah, I mean, I can remember seeing. Yeah, you don't often see a referee overturn a penalty. You see a referee overturn a like a throw in or something. Because the view the Lino's had is that he's had the player fall over it right in his line of vision. So all he, he's probably seen. Nabi Sars right in his line of vision, yeah. by the way. Oh, is he? If you have a look at it, yeah. Oh, see, I thought the player was facing him, and he's obviously just seen the. Pretty angle. sure, because the ball comes over Nabi Sars and whoever um, Nabi was marking into the penalty box, mm. and right behind him, which is where um, Paulit picks the ball up. So I'm pretty sure Nabi Sars actually in his field of vision. Mm. How much so, I'm not sure. But the point is, of course, um, he's 
flagged for 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 what uh, let's say let's say he's uh, genuine and thought it was a penalty. He's flagged it and and uh, and flagged it so um, hard that I think um, you know he's probably powered the grid for the next three months. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Doing his bit for the environment. Exactly, <laughs> good, yeah. good on him. Uh, George uh, says it was not a penalty. Dan Sheet said if it was if it was us, we'd have got booked for diving. Uh, then the Milton Keynes Dons fans found the found the bloody pole. Harry Wright said, "Ha ha 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 ha." No pen. Luke said, "For flip's sake." Uh, <laughs> Kieran said, "Ha ha 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 ha." And, and we do the same. Look, like, you, you can't blame you can't blame. I, I don't I don't necessarily blame the MK Dons player if he felt some sort of pressure on him. He goes down in the box. Do you Take blame a chance for that? that time? Exactly. has got booked for diving a few do, times. Do you blame their fans for mm. uh, for lauding it because they got uh, they got away with one? No, because yeah. we do the same. So. Exactly. Oh, I would. Yeah. I love it. It'd be uh, interesting if there was a fan who a listener who was sitting maybe in line with a lino or something. It'd be an interesting one to see what they would think. Yeah, yeah, cause just to see what their yeah, the lineman's view what, was. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Gamby said it was a soft pen. The player uh, player going away from Gold Cashy shouldn't have gone tearing in and giving the opposition player a reason to go down. As much as I like Cashy's made. Uh, a few mistakes this season that have cost us goals. If James carries on, uh, we have the makings of a very good competitive team. Marshy and Reeves will be instrumental in building this team. What I saw yesterday was so refreshing, fresh in the tackle. Must not let Holmes go. Cashy is so gritty. Caskey so tenacious. The list goes on. I mean, Nathan, you were lording up Forster Caskey oh, before. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yesterday was, like before, I've always seen uh, Jake as one of the... Um, what they call like luxury, or, or as, as Robbo would say, a maverick, because he loves that one. But um, he's just really fluid, really technical on the ball. But yesterday, he reminded me a lot like Bose when he was younger. So he was very aggressive in his tackle. There was a few times where he put himself about a lot more than I've seen him this season. So you usually have Cashew will do all the sweeping and all the nitty gritty stuff, and mm. then Kasky press. But yesterday, he was diving in and winning the ball. And I don't, know, he was, yeah, I thought Kasky played. Uh, I think. Uh, Cashy had one of his poorer games for us, but I thought Caskey was—I thought he was unbelievable yesterday. I really enjoyed him yesterday. Have James uh, carries on. Carl uh, Robertson must be allowed funds to bring in who he uh, desires. Come May 2018, we'll be pre- uh, preparing for a consolidating season in the Championship. Forgive me if this sounds rather ridiculous. Let's forget about worrying about the present owners. Uh, better the devil you know. If we do make the Premier League under this stewardship, then we should get on with supporting our club. Now, interesting points uh, from from Ev there. Obviously, he's saying if we make the Premier League under this stewardship, then there's a large majority of fans. Well, uh, yeah, I'd say a majority of fans out there who believe that we were not going to make the Premier League under this stewardship. We certainly would have made the Premier League under the way he's been running the club in years gone by. Some would argue it's now looking a bit different now. Sounds like he just leaves Carl to it, which has paid dividends this season a bit. But Yes and no. I mean, I, I think um, January will be huge in that respect. Mm. I mean, that would be, I mean, be such it, a telltale I think sign. There, there have been times in uh, watching Charlton that uh, there have been pivotal moments and I think this January could be up there with one of the biggest because mm. I think uh, if we go and invest, I mean, they talk about Leon Best is, is training with us. Uh, that's a, a relatively cheap option, but uh, you know, let's hope he does a job. They're talking about uh, players coming in. Carl mentioned it in the in the interview. That's it. They got, they've targeted players. Now, if they're able to bring players in and nobody goes, nobody leaves, then I'll probably put my hands up and say, actually, we seem to have turned the corner in terms of how we're running our football club mm. at no. the moment. But if we sign a few, let's say, uh, free transfers, loans, um, which which help us up to a point, but then get rid of two or three of the key players that we've got now at the moment, then it's uh, that we're back to square one. Aren't we? It's interesting. I mean, there was talk. Of, there's talk at the 
City Addicts meeting about Konza and a, a, a certain price was named and he may go and you know but at the same time I remember Lee Bowyer said in the interview in the summer that he thought he would go and he didn't go so hopefully that's Carl just preparing I think they, for the well, worst I think they've but... got a price tag on him I think that's that's clear from the, yeah. from la- the last time and uh, people were sniffing around for Konza and we said well if you're going to buy him and that's a that's a healthy change because uh, when you consider what we let Joe Gomez for yeah. go for um, <laughs> so that's a healthy change but if somebody comes in with that price tag does that mean we're going to say yes? And you know, arguably, um, he's uh, he's been one of our better players this yeah. year. We know how good he can be, and and I'd just like to see him um, see the whole squad stay as it is and add to it. Yeah. Because if you look at, I think one of the reasons we we um, we probably didn't see that game out yesterday is let's say we'd, if we'd have had uh, Billy Clark and uh, and a fit Tariq Foster on the bench and maybe one or two others, then we wouldn't need to have. And I don't mean this, uh, you know, Joe Rebo's still a young kid. Uh, Carlin, uh, you know, isn't necessarily your answer off the bench in certain tight games like yesterday. A replacement potentially, or somebody like um, Josh McGuinness is. You know, when you look at the bench we had, apart from Tariq Fosu, you're looking at the bench thinking, who else is going to come on and actually change the game? Uh, and uh, Joe Donner isn't isn't going to do that, bless him, is he? So, you know, I think um, our squad depth is still relatively weak. It's an interesting Ev's point about better the devil you know. Now, I'm not certain we know the current devil we've got because the devil we had three years ago, two years ago, one year ago, interfering in teams, we've, seen, we've all seen the emails, um, getting involved where they shouldn't, players coming in and out from where they shouldn't. I mean, that's a devil we knew before and I didn't like that devil. The current devil, according to Belgian press, having just sold St. Truden, he's tired, he's lost his interest in football, he's not getting involved. Carl admitted during the week that he hasn't spoken to him for months. The current devil... Is not the devil we knew. It's just a devil who, it sounds like, there's half a chance he's going to be gone anyway. Now, if that is the case, now, if he's gone soon, he, he, he's gotten bored of meddling now. If he's gone soon, we could be onto something special here. If we get someone else in who's going to be a nice devil. And that's the if, isn't it? And I sort of get what some, you know, that, that um, communication means because, um, you know, there is always a chance that you get somebody worse. I'm not sure that's possible that um, that you know we get we, we end up being in a worse position than we are now. But I sort of get the the, the, the fear factor, let's say, because you know let's say you get an oyster noise, let's say you get the uh, the mob that run West Ham at the minute. Uh, you know we all hope and pray that what comes next is is just so much better and takes us forward. And that, that's what everybody hopes. But I sort of get the understand, you know, the, the, the fear factor that it might not be the case. I haven't. Um, very annoyingly, I, uh, I was I was having equipment issues with with my radio stuff yesterday, so I didn't have time to go out and buy a voice of the valley and find out oh, what's going no, on. I didn't either. I've got one. So yeah, so so I, so. But it sounds it all sounded very positive from what you're sort of reading. So one, yeah, I'll go pick yeah. up one of those on Tuesday and find out what what Rick can tell us. Right, uh, Reese uh, sent in. Uh, big long message says I haven't left the valley as angry uh, as I was yesterday in years absolutely shocking decision and could be two points that cost us massively at the end of the season the fact the ref who didn't give it listened to the linesman who had a much worse view just defies belief as for the performance first half and start of the second I thought we were great played great football and defended well when needed as soon as we conceded though we seemed to, pa- uh, to panic and play poorly and I don't know why still deserved the win over the 90 minutes and so frustrating we didn't got our, to take our chance uh, chances though when they come Marshall and Saar should have scored at 1-0 and that would have sealed it can't uh, we can't rely on keeping a clean sheet every week after going 1-0 up uh, Fort Cashy had a poor game but hopefully just uh, one off as he's been great this season Saar Holmes and McGuinness I thought had very good games though uh, need to win on Tuesday now going into the massive game against Scunthorpe uh, on Saturday now they're above us um 
Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Uh, London Indigiza says, We're a different class to MK Dons. We missed two, possibly three sitters, and it cost us only ourselves to blame. Uh, and then Sevo says, Another seven points from Rochdale, Scunthorpe, Peterborough, and we will have 38 points uh, from 19 games and still be in a great position. I think that's, you know, like I say, it's a disappointing at full time yesterday. It's a draw, but come on, we're having a good season and we're playing oh, yeah. well. And yesterday we played well. I think it probably shows the the, the, the the strides we've made because um, you know this time last season uh, that point would have been uh, we'd have all been saying well, well it's a point mm. you know you know it's a point uh, one more point we to to either safety or mid table obscurity but now we're disappointed and really disappointed because we can see the uh, the possibilities of uh, of gaining ground on those top two I mean if we'd have won yesterday then uh, you know we could have been in a real touching distance so that's I think that's why perhaps um, it's a mark of how much further we've come is that we're really disappointed about uh, about only getting a point. Charlton XO, who of course is the uh, Carl Robertson fan gal, said, uh, <laughs> uh, fair play to Carl. That interview was calm, polite, thoughtful and measured. Well done for him. He's obviously learning. You need to listen to a BBC <laughs> London. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> he, it, he'd calmed down there massively. Was, there, but... there must have been a huge five minutes between him, <laughs> him coming in from that room next door and him coming in here. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, London Igiza. Uh, remember a goal versus Colchester a few years ago. The ref gave it, didn't give it, gave it again. I mean, that's that's a, remember that's, there was confusion between that. I think the, the referee decided the linesman to put his bag up when he hadn't. Uh, and then gave the goal, but he'd already blown the whistle, so he can't give the goal. So that was uh, that one. Now, just finally, before we go to a quick, quick break, uh, Phil says, "Even in all, I trust you well." Perspective is important after a game like yesterday. Remembering how far we've come in the last twelve months. Honestly, uh, this was a game we looked good in and drew. In contrast to some of our performances where we've looked unconvincing and won, it was impossible to see the challenge that led to the penalty from the North Lower, as I'm sure Nath will tell you. However, Cashley had no business giving the referee a decision to make as the player was going nowhere and it was being closely marked. Having seen it afterwards, I suppose from the Lino's distant angle uh, I can see why he may have thought it was a penalty however this was a guess at best despite the error in judgment from Cashley he's been a colossus at times this season and certainly one of the first names on the team sheet I imagine Kyle uh, would uh, echo that sentiment uh, what I did see was Ben Reeves clearly and cynically being taken out in the build up to the first goal I'm sure there were things we could do uh, could have done better afterwards to prevent the goal but the way we play losing the ball in that area leaves us susceptible to counter attack overall plenty more positive 
positives than negatives to be taken from yesterday's game, in my opinion. And I thought Konza and Saar in particular looked impressive, with the latter unlucky not to score. We'll go again Tuesday. Great show as always. All the best from Phil. Thanks, Phil, for your message there. And if you guys want to have your say on anything, don't forget our player in focus in the second half of the show uh, later on will be Ben Reeves. So there's, there's uh, tweets out there about Ben Reeves. If you can respond to them, let us know what you've made of him. He's scored four goals already. Uh, so yeah, let's know what you've made of him so far coming back from injury. Let's have a quick break here on Charlton Live. Still plenty of correspondence to, to read out. And of course, we're going to celebrate uh, Terry's 50 years in charge. Uh, well, in charge. In charge. <laughs> 50 yeah. years yeah. Uh, watching. Absolute bad time you reckon. Yeah. <laughs> watching Charlton back in 30 seconds. I put my heart on the line for you. Put my heart on the line for you. Further out to Fossil on his left. De Silva's on the overlap. De Silva, ball into the box. Looking for McGuinness. Gets his head there, but the skips off his head, in fact. And Solly will pick it up on the far side. Chip ball banging in the box. Headed clear. Drops to Ricky Holmes with a chance. Oh, what a cracker. Oh, Ricky Holmes, what a belter that is. Absolute stalker of a shot. Put my heart on the line for you. Welcome back to Chuck Life. Thanks to Glove Pup, who's been making our new Idents, by the way. Uh, that's not my choice of music. David, Midlife crisis, isn't he? <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, that started 50 years ago for him. Right, we've got plenty of, uh, of emails that have come through. Uh, on uh, on yesterday's game the first one's from uh, Chris Davin says dodgy pen and a foul on Reeves for the first goal uh, but that's no excuse for me so, uh, he said he sent it back on the on the way from on his way home from an entertaining two or draw we should have put the fake dons to bed in the first half but we didn't Konza had his worst game in a Chuckman shirt <laughs> maybe Robert advising him to leave had an adverse effect let's face it if you're a man if your ma- manager uh, advises you to leave is it really any motivation now I mean see this is quite hard to read because I mean, Carl sort maybe sort of well. It was all second-hand quotes anyway, because it was at the City Addicts meeting, and we don't know exactly what he said. But someone, some people are saying he said something along the lines of, "You know, if I was him, I'd probably be tempted to leave." But is that not just footballers' mentality anyway? That depends who comes in for him, doesn't it? I mean, it's like Joe Gomez. If Liverpool comes in, comes a calling, or any of the top six sides come calling from the Premier League, you're going to think, "Well, actually, you know, and if I've got a really good chance to go, then you wouldn't blame them for doing so." But if it's to a lower league uh, Premier League club where, or a club where he's going to be, you know he's going to be sitting on the bench for three years, then it makes less uh, less sense. So, I mean, Carl's probably trying to be philosophical about it, I guess. Um, you know, if a big club comes in, you can't stand in his way. And if it's enough money, then the club are going to say yes. So maybe he's just uh, looking at that and it's it's been taken the wrong way. I don't know. But honest, he? I mean, in, in, although in direct opposition to that statement, I think um, I thought Cons was brilliant for the first 40 minutes mm. I think it was just that last five minute period when they really started getting stuck into us and then a periods in that second half where he was under a huge amount of pressure that I, th- I thought he didn't have the, the defender beside him to bail him out of trouble to be behind him to clear the ball clear his lines and that partnership he's had with Bauer has been superb I think the partnership with uh, Pierce would be the same and I, and I go back to my earlier point I think two footballing centre halves aren't necessarily a perfect partnership for me so I think when we were under pressure yeah you know he started to panic a little bit and I'm not sure that's down to any um, loss of concentration because he's already thinking about moving elsewhere I just think that's um, is a young kid still learning yeah uh, jury definitely out on Reeves decent against Truro and Checker trade uh, cut but a proper game today and anonymous shame we didn't close the gap on Wigan and the Shrews again uh, against uh, and let's face it uh, poor opponents but uh, we go again on Tuesday thanks for your, your email Mr Davin there uh, Robert Barr says uh, good evening all uh, fortunately we have another match on Tuesday because I'm absolutely gutted about how that match just finished uh, I thought we were outstanding in the first hour some of the football produced was brilliant intelligent and expansive honestly the biggest shame was there was there not enough people there to witness it because it was a joy to behold uh, all the players looked incredibly 
excuse me, comfortable uh, when in possession of the football. Uh, we could have been 3-4-5-0 up, which resulted in MK trying to kick us off the pitch. Now, they were a cloggers, weren't they? <laughs> they were kickers. Uh, however, this quickly changed after their subs. We allowed a very average team an opportunity to get a foothold into the match, which they did not deserve to be in. Overall, gutted that we could not get the three points. I thought the officials were very poor, but we should not ignore the two misses by Saar and Forster Kasky. Both were shocking misses. Finally, I wonder if MK have a criteria within their job description say, uh, saying constant, non-stop moaning to the officials is fully essential. Carl Robinson was one of the worst offenders when he managed them, and uh, he he does it now as well <laughs> and, and Robbie Nielsen was probably uh, even worse let's keep up the good work uh, that's from Robert I mean Carl moans at the officials anyway I, 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 the, the worst moaner at the official in the league of course is Steve Evans was now yep. in league two but I mean Carl gives as good as he gets doesn't he yeah it's funny if you uh, if you look before the game when the, the officials come to warm up they all have a sort of sideways glass talk on there's always that little bit of banter between so they obviously know what he's like yeah. um, and I'm not sure if that's counterproductive sometimes I think Carl I think Carl's always very aware of how he deals with people uh, and how he gets them on side or how he, you know, the way he speaks about refs or the, the way he's, he speaks very nicely about, for example, AFC Wimbledon's manager that slags off the fans. I think he knows when he's speaking about people how other people are going to react to that. And I think he probably tries to use that uh, with the referees uh, as well. This is from uh, Connor Potter. Says the uh, high off. We played well yesterday. The referee had a really poor game. Their first goal was a crunching tackle on Ben Reeves. I was sat with a perfect view of that penalty. Oh, so this might have been the, the view we were after. Mm. Never was it a penalty. Cashy actually got a slight touch on the ball mm. uh, and their player dived to win the pen. Not sure how the linesman could give it when the ref had a closer uh, good view of it. Time to get out of this division so we don't get refs like this. That's from Connor. <laughs> That's but, a very good point by the way. Well you say that though. I mean, uh, well, mind you, yeah, yeah. my, my best mate uh, was was on top form for the Leeds game did you see oh was that today oh yeah. the, the penalty that, that Middlesbrough got was there unbelievable so if <laughs> anyone didn't yeah no, what, no. Stroud. Oh, Stroud. Yeah, if anyone didn't watch the uh, <laughs> the Leeds Middlesbrough game this afternoon, uh, Middlesbrough's penalty to get back into the game, they had a corner or a free yeah, kick. The yeah. ball came over, and the Middlesbrough player had he's, it was he was had both arms over the uh, Leeds player, threw him to the floor, and then the keeper caught the ball, and so the Middlesbrough defender started running back, and then the Leeds player just chipped him slightly. He went down, and he got a penalty. <laughs> he was the one who'd thrown him to the floor. <laughs> right, Mark Newbury. Uh, feels like a real kick in the bauble so it's good to see Mark getting in the Christmas spirit already <laughs> yeah uh, it says evening chats I like the fact that Terry's game anniversary was recognised yesterday and well done to him for surviving the past 50 years of the roller coaster that is our club well Pleasure done for that. thank you uh, we didn't get what we probably deserved uh, and the elation of the own goal to the complete downer when you saw the linesman never assistant referees uh, putting his flag across his chest to indicate he had absolutely no doubt it was a pen even though uh, the ref with a clearer near review hadn't given it I couldn't work out from the footage if any of our players had fouled theirs and it was reported differently in papers as Cashy or Conza. I mean it, it was Cashy, yeah. yeah. Um uh, it, it, well, I don't know if Conza was the, the defender behind it. I think Conza was the man who was shepherding yeah. Paul out of the way, and it, but it was Cashew who put yeah. his foot in, definitely. Yeah, um, but he, uh, Mark points out as well that the linesman has to be certain. So, what, for, for whatever reason it was, the linesman was certain that he made when you made that mm. decision. Mm. Uh, I'm certain about a few I'm things certain, about I'm him. Actually, wanted, yeah. I'm, I'm certain that he wanted to, to give a penalty, 
I'm not entirely certain, uh, sure he was certain that it was one. Yeah. Uh, MK were a dirty side and the funny running ref did nothing to protect our players from cynical digs and kicks and Ricky was inches from getting into the area himself before being nobbled. Uh, would, have walked, uh, would have walked it if Marshall had finished his one-on-one uh, and there would have been no way they'd come back from 2-0 down. But that's for Carl to address with a contract for best just to be able to come on and to support Josh. Man of the match, big nabby for both his play and getting his body in the way when an MK player was trying to hit De Silva. I mean, you should pick on someone your own size shouldn't you I, I, I've got to say actually it's one thing that I did like uh, it's something we haven't had for a while either that um, that wrestling match that that happened with um, with Holmes and Williams mm. uh, you saw uh, Ibex Lendl run from the centre half position all the way there to, to, to grab Ricky Holmes mm. immediately behind him and not you know not far away was Josh McGuinness to do exactly the same, and he but he pulled Ebanks Lendl away and said, "No, you're not." Yeah, man, that, we haven't seen that for a while. Mm. That that sort of team spirit where you're not doing that to our players. You know, you're not picking on our players. We've been we've been soft for a while. Uh, we're not soft now, and that's really good to see because uh, you want that. You want players to be. Uh, if you're gonna if you're gonna kick one of mine, you're gonna get one back. And we haven't had that for a while. Yeah, Terry's views on gang violence are the same <laughs> as Charlton Lives. I'd like to point out here. Uh, <laughs> um, uh, so thanks for that, Mark. This is from Tom Wallin. Uh, touches on the Terry stuff as well, so I'm going to read it out as well. Uh, all right, boys. Thought we played well yesterday, but should have been out of sight. Delighted to see Josh score again. Uh, he was brilliant all over the pitch. Thought Reeves looked like he was on a one man mission to score. And that cost us at times. It's funny, really, because it was Tom who chose the, the cashy back bet, which was released to score twice. <laughs> so maybe maybe Reeves was aware of that, trying to win yeah, some money for charity. That, listening. That's actually Tom's fault. Uh, <laughs> Nabby and Ez looked comfortable in the first half, uh, but once they got their goal, it looked a little shaky. Ref was a complete moron. Terry, thank you. Uh, ruined the game, blowing <laughs> for decisions that weren't, ignoring ones that were. Hate blaming officials for results and think, despite him, we should have won anyway. But he didn't help. The worst thing about him was his knees up, Mother Brown running style. That's the, that's the one. <laughs> I'm trying to think of the tune. That was it. Uh, followed closely by his school teacher, come here gestures every time he books someone and his sheer incompetence at doing the job he's paid to do. On a more positive note, massive congratulations to Terry on 50 years following Charlton, uh, spending half your life following a basket club like this. <laughs> Uh, basket case club this is, uh, is no in half. feat yeah it's cooler isn't it uh, in all seriousness it shows passion dedication loyalty and care to follow a club for so long through ups and downs and that deserves a celebration I look forward to celebrating it next month yeah um, by the way if you want to join us to celebrate Terry's we're all, we're all going down to Rosa Denmark after the both. Oh yeah. you right? Yeah, well, yes we've got work to do I'm yeah. not, I'm not, no I'm You're not doing any work that day no, no I'm day off Oh, right. Greg and Tom doing it? Yeah, probably. I don't yeah. know. Whoever. I don't, <laughs> don't, don't care. Yeah. Oh, oh, so basically, <laughs> on 23rd of December after the Blackpool yeah. game, we're all going down the road. I'm on the source before and then yeah. after. Yeah. Oh, I'll just I'm, do the commentary. Anyway. That's what you yeah. normally do. I'm, yeah. <laughs> no, I'm in the terraces. I'm, uh, I'm back to sing like a lunatic. I like that. Uh, I bet you get kicked out or something. Yeah, yeah probably. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the you know Stroud's going to be referee. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, so he's looking forward to it. He says, Win Tuesday and we can put this behind us. There's plenty of good in the performance, so I'm not too down just so long as that Wazuk isn't refereeing. I mean, Terry's unlikely to be asked to be refereeing, so um, <laughs> so there we go. Uh, now, this is from Bob uh, Knight. Now, this is on uh, a television program, which I haven't actually watched yet, By a lot of people have said it was very good. Now, this was a television program with Alan Shearer uh, talking about dementia. Oh, yeah. uh, most, I think it seems to be related to heading the football, and, yep. and a, a, Charlton player, a former Charlton player was involved. It says, uh, hi, guys. Uh, the Alan Shearer program last Sunday on the football-related dementia had a feature on Matt Tees. Matt? Uh, did you ever see Matt Tees play? He was uh, in the side at my first ever yeah. side. Yeah. Uh, he's in one of these programs. Yeah. Uh, Matt was a favourite of mine in the late 60s and was known to 
uh, probably header balls forcefully as a lot of players could kick it. He once got on the end of a driven clearance on the edge of the box with a diving header that whistled past the keeper for a goal. My fondest memory uh, was the cup replay 1969 against Palace at Selhurst when Matt and Ray Treacy took Palace apart, although Palace missed a penalty. Uh, after the game, I went into the fish and chip shop in Charlton Village and Charlie Wright, our goalkeeper, and I believe Matt T's brother-in-law came in. I asked him if he had saved uh, the penalty as it was at the other end to us, but he said it hit the post, although he had it covered. Uh, <laughs> these were ordinary down-to-earth guys who played a sport they loved without the rewards now in the game. I wish Matt and his family uh, all the best in their lives going forward. Now, tell, um we want to talk. I mean, you talk about Matt Tees quickly because, like I say, he was involved in your first team. But as, uh, I, I don't know too much about the players. So what can you tell us about the player? Because obviously, uh, some fond memories from from Bob there about. Yeah, absolutely. Man. I mean, I don't. Uh, if I'm honest, I don't remember Matt Tees um, hugely individually because um, because I was only six, and so individual players tend to pass me by uh, pass me by a little bit uh, at six. It wasn't really till the next couple of years I started really sort of focusing on individual players. But uh, certainly had a reputation for exactly what he's been describing there uh, as being that sort of. Uh, uh, I mean, his number was eight, but he always seemed to be, um, as far as I remember, always seemed to be uh, uh, more of a striker than a, than a midfield player. But um, I think uh, he summed up uh, what was um, true of most of the players of that era. Uh, and I, I don't, I don't want this to sound like, uh, oh, it was better in my day and all that rubbish, because I, I don't agree with that. But they were different then, you know. And I've been lucky enough to interview quite a few of, of that era, like the Bob Kurtz, um, sorry, the Paul Wentz and the Keith Peacocks and Harry Gregory, uh, Brian Kinsey, and I've, I've been lucky enough, really lucky, to have met them since. And they are really down-to-earth people who, who just saw themselves as doing really lucky to be doing a, a job that they loved and, and not being paid a huge amount for it. Obviously, relatively, compared to other people of that era, they probably were. But um, And uh, they just loved playing. And they played far too often... Uh, far. Uh, too often with injuries, and and that's coming back, coming home to roost. And I think the whole dementia program um, highlighted that. I think, and I think um, it's uh, you know if it's proved that that's the case, then something has to be done. Of course, I mean mm. something seriously has to be done. Now, now, quite how you do it, there's two schools of thoughts. You, one, you um, obviously you just stop kids heading the ball until they're eighteen or nineteen or something. But on the other, you won't have any technique then. Yeah, well, that's the point. On the other hand, they don't have any technique, and it could be worse by the time they go then to try and head a ball in in, in proper football, as it were. So, um, I think heading the ball properly uh, and being taught how to head a ball properly may be more of an advantage than uh, than just stopping them doing it at all. Now, back on the referee situation, Matthias uh, Johnson, who, as we know, is, is a referee um, himself, has a stupid penalty to give away, but Carl should focus on his players' performance rather than the referee, a positive performance uh, looking forward to. Ports. Typical referees answer that. <laughs> right. Uh, let's have a break now. And like, As we've been uh, mentioning throughout the show, 50 years since his first Addicts game yesterday for Tell. Uh, so we're going to have a little Q&A to find out uh, Terry's favourite and, and worst memories uh, from those 50 years. Throw from Holmes into Solly. Solly cross ball. Foster's on the far side. Get something on it. Yes! Finished off by Forster Caskey. And Charlton have the lead. Fat enough or believe stupid enough to, to take it. That's my wife's words, that by the way. <laughs> <laughs> So welcome back to uh, Charlton Live here on Maritime Radio. Uh, London Inuit Geezer said, Terry's just being nice to you kids. It was way better uh, <laughs> back in our day. Fair enough. He's just trying to sweeten us up there, Terry. Yeah. Uh, yeah. No, no, fair enough. Yeah, okay, I'll, I'll, <laughs> I'll accept that. Yeah. Uh, 
Yeah, so, uh, well, it, uh, interesting question from Bob actually just tweeted in. Wonder how many of us members of the 50 club still attend matches? Because I was thinking of putting it out there, like how. Yeah, yeah. And, and I'd like to say that I'm, I'm, in, a, I'm in a fairly privileged p- position and, and I feel a bit guilty that, you know, I'm lord in my 50th when there are people out there who have done far more and, uh, and probably been a far more games than I have. So, uh, more credit to them than me. But but at the same time, it's a, a nice. Uh, oh, no, don't get me wrong. Yeah, I'm uh, lording it big time. Yeah, <laughs> nice. Yeah, and uh, lots of nice. Uh, uh, memories as well and it's the, the nice thing about of course the game that we, we're going to have on the 23rd of December that we're going out to celebrate after is the opponents are exactly the same team that we we played in your yeah, first game you know, Blackpool it's, it's, and also the, the game that you celebrated your dad's it's, life it's, with as it's well it's weird yeah that, the way that's happened because um, obviously Blackpool was the first game I watched uh, it could Charlton play against and then um, we got relegated in my 40th year we got relegated from the Premier League Blackpool got promoted from League One, so we were facing them again in the Championship in my fortieth year. So uh, when that uh, you know when that was obviously going to be the case, I thought well, I'm going to do something special on that particular uh, game. And I had I'd, all I thought at the time was we'd just go for a, uh, a drink up. I'd, I'd probably retrace my old route by getting a bus, a '96 bus from Crayford to, to Woolwich, and then a 177 up to Charlton or something like that. You know, nothing nothing huge. Then of course, me my father passed away. Um, sadly, and so I thought uh, actually I'll do something a bit a, a bit more you know a bit more than that, and so we sponsored the game, um, yeah. the the whole game, and we were the only match sponsors, which was really unusual because news, usually there were three or four, um, and uh, it was a lovely thing to do. I'm I'm really pleased I did it, and then of course uh, we're here on the fiftieth, and Blackpool get promoted, again and we're we're facing them again. Yeah, and and uh, only a month outside of the anniversary. Exactly. Well, yeah. Now so, I did just for Christmas. Yeah, so. I did have a, I, I had a serious thought about doing it for yesterday's game. Going on the on, on the source and, and just really enjoying <laughs> yesterday's game, but then I thought I actually big, big because of the, what I do now has been a huge part of the last sort of uh, good number of years, ten or so. Then I thought uh, actually I want to commentate on it. I really do want to commentate it because it, it marks where I've come from to where I am now. And then um, then it's just before Christmas, the twenty third, so we can all um, we can all let ourselves go. It's crazy to think. <laughs> I, I can't imagine you fought fifty years ago when, when you attended your first game. So I reckon in fifty years time, I, <laughs> I imagine Lord, I'll be the club commentator. Yeah, yeah. Can you imagine? Yeah. Although I've got yeah. to say, I mean, uh, did they even have radio? Uh, they had uh, no, 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 no. You had uh, you had uh, Mr. Neve, who was the announcer, and he was up in the box. So there was no pitch side, no pitch side announcer. Then it was uh, one guy doing it all, um, and he always said the same thing: um, "Good afternoon, ladies, gentlemen, boys, and girls. Welcome to the valley." That was his, his stock in trade, and he was he had a great voice, by the way. So I always admired the voice, and but never even had a, an inkling back then that, the, uh, to be honest, it wasn't until I fell into radio twenty uh, odd years ago that uh, I even give it a thought. Hmm. Oh, excellent. Right, so uh, Brian Cole actually emailed saying, Hi, fellas, just a quick email to say congratulations to Terry on enduring 50 years of supporting uh, the addicts. Charlton through and through and a smashing bloke and all the voice of reason uh, in the commentaries, especially when identifying moronic refs. Uh, <laughs> Can to- I say, Brian, uh, um, a th- big thank you to Brian for, for that pitch side announcement yesterday yeah. yesterday afternoon. Really, really appreciate that, mate. And when you consider that the distance that fella travels uh, to, to come to home games and away games from Portsmouth mm. he deserves more credit than I do and, he's, and he did 50 years last year by the way so he should be applauded yeah well. and when he goes to away games yeah, he has another 100 miles exactly. to, on top of everyone else yeah. uh, which is impressive right so I thought to Hey, um, obviously, I know you reasonably well. Well, there's probably loads of skeletons in the closet. I don't want to. Know oh yeah, that, no, no, not telling you. <laughs> I thought, I thought, I thought um, a nice way to because, like I say, without sounding condescending, you've seen a lot of history now of the club and and things that myself and Nath and you know a, a fair few of the of the listeners won't have won't have seen. So uh, I'm sure you've got memories of of games gone by. So I've, I've just written a, a load of um, questions. 
uh, to ask Scary, you. Scary, because I'm rubbish at this. Yeah, but, but the first one is quite simple. So what are your memories of your first game against Blackpool? Oh, I, no, that, strangely, I have vivid memories of. Uh, and it started... <laughs> Um, I, I don't want to bore people, but there were only two. My dad. There were only two reasons my dad took me out anywhere. There were only ever two, um, and one was to get me haircut, and one was to go and get footwear. They were the only two. So the haircut was in Crayford, and it was you know you see pictures if you're in the barbers or in the hairdressers, you see that old school picture of a bloke hacking at a kid's head with a <laughs> pair of shears. That's pretty much what he was, right? So, so hadn't even invented scissors. Short, no, no, short back and sides with a pair of shears. Um, <laughs> and so that was one on a plank. That's that's that was the one choice. The second choice was footwear. Now my dad, for whatever reason, best known to himself, was obsessed with sandals and open-toed ones at that. Oh, oh, exactly right. Have you ever tried to play football in open-toed sandals <laughs> in November? By the way. <laughs> it's really difficult and you can have, you can get into fights for that sort of stuff you know you go to school wearing open toed sandals it was even back then it was a deal so um, the, he said to me on the, you know the 18th it's a good couple of weeks for my birthday but my dad was uh, was working on the buses so he did shift work he worked Saturday so he couldn't uh, wasn't always about um, for particular days so this was the only Saturday he could uh, he could have so um, he decided to take me and I had no idea where I was going and I've got to say, before that point, there was only one football team in the country. If you believe the television, if you believe the papers, if you believe everything, there was only one football club in the country, and that was Man United. So it's all you ever heard about. Georgie Best, Bobby Charlton, Dennis Law, you know, the whole Paddy Crayer, and the whole, the whole team just uh, uh, were the only thing you ever saw. So to all intents and purposes, I love football, watching football on the telly, but you know, all I never knew were Man United fans, uh, Man United players, and so Bobby Charlton and all that. So when he said, uh, uh, he didn't tell me where he was going, I thought, first of all, oh, it's haircut. We got a bus. Oh, Christ, it's sandals. <laughs> then, <laughs> then we stayed on the bus past Spexleaf Cocktail, which I, I'd never been past Spexleaf Cocktail before. I thought the world ended. A whole new world. <laughs> well, often if you're in Bexley Heath, people have thought. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> and then I ended up in Woolwich, which was a different planet, to be fair. But... Um, uh, and then we, so then I had to ask him where we were going, and he said uh, we're going to uh, watch uh, football, Charlton. So in my six-year-old head, I'm thinking we're going to see Bobby Charlton. <laughs> oh, no. This is true, uh, and I remember that vividly. We get the bus ride up to um, uh, get off at outside Ransom Walk. That walk down it used to be steps then, by the way, down steps to Ransom Walk through the archway, and then you first see the ground, and that was just you know that was just awe-inspiring for mm. a start. And then we go through the turnstiles. And then up the steps into the covered end, and that again, you know, to see the pitch unfold before me was just wow, you know, it's a wow moment. So he sticks me beyond the goal on the railings because that's what happened then. The kids uh, were by the railings, the parents got their space behind them, and my dad, I think, ended up about six or seven rows back. Uh, and then um, they, the, the, the players came out, and that's another thing, and I, you know, you just think to the red, red robin, I think this is just a different world, superb. And then the, the game unfolds, and I'm loving it, you know, and I'm hooked. And then. Um, as the, game, as the players come out, I've turned, I've turned around thinking my dad's close, and he wasn't, of course. And I said, uh, "Which one's Bobby Charlton?" Because you do, because that's what I thought it was there for. And some bloke said, "It's Charlton Athletic, not Bobby Charlton, you stupid boy." <laughs> and that, that stayed with me forever. Uh, and uh, and then the game, I thought, you know, balls whistling past the goal, and what, just. Utterly hooked from that moment on. Yeah, well, uh, funny enough, that was my next question. When did you realise you hooked? Straight that was away. it, yeah. straight away. And then the ne- my dad obviously couldn't take me again for a good few years, uh, or at all actually. So well, I because you embarrassed him with well that as well, obviously me, yeah. because of his work. So um, yeah. we, well, I think we went. We he took me once then to a, an FA Cup game. I'm pretty sure we were playing Crystal Palace, but I couldn't swear to it. 
Um, and I do believe Malcolm Allison was the manager. Mm. Uh, and then he took me to Sellers Park to, to an away game, and that was a mission, um, <laughs> as I remember. Um, so he took me sporadically in between. Uh, but then from the age of about 10, I started borrowing money off him to get the bus to jump and yeah. to get in on my own. And I was 10 and I was going on my own. You wouldn't do that now, would you? No. So, but it was fairly safe, other than a few uh, um, run-ins with some West Ham fans in Woolwich. Pretty much every other week. Surely they'd leave a ten-year-old boy. No, not if they got scarves. They were fair oh. game. Yeah, silk scarves. I used to save up money for silk scarves, and then probably get them nicked in Woolwich from by West Ham fans. Yeah. Oh, that's a bit harsh. Mm. I'm glad. I'm glad they lost today. <laughs> uh, so uh, throughout those years, who was your favourite team? Your favourite season? Favourite? It's difficult to say season. Actually, I suppose I'd have to say seventy nine eighty, because that's when I first got a job, and then I could afford to go home and away, and I did two seasons running home and away. Um, and it's the first time because before I was only coming to Charlton then uh, borrowing my money from my dad coming to Charlton I couldn't get to away games at all couldn't afford it and he wouldn't let me anyway um, so um, that season 79-80 was the first time I went home and away so that's probably you know when you go <laughs> when you go to Grimsby on a cold Tuesday night <laughs> or, uh, or Walsall on a cold and I hitchhiked to Walsall I remember once Is that the game uh, you told us we lost? Well, no we were winning 2-0 and oh. then Dick Tyman gave away two sloppy back passes and we ended up drawing 2-2 I got soaked through the skin that day I know, as well. um, <laughs> so that season probably is the one that I remember most because I think that what that did it was cemented my, my passion for, for the club I think um, you know compared to others I pale into insignificance there are far more uh, passionate fans than me but that's that home and away sort of meant that I, I thought then I was proper child uh, who's, your, who's been your favourite player throughout the years and that's a really tough one my first ever idol was um, Ray Tracy because he was Irish and he was a striker and he scored some real spectacular goals I think you've seen a few of them on the telly the one against Derby specifically where he volleyed it into the top corner but he um, because he was Irish and a family connection he was my proper first hero then it was Colin Powell and, and Derek Howe's probably as a partnership because uh, Colin Powell was my type of player. Um, just hug the touchline and do nothing for as long as possible and then burst into action, which was what I tried to do a lot. I got the state in the touchline to do nothing bit spot on. It was, it was the other bit I didn't quite grasp. <laughs> uh, uh, your favourite manager throughout the years? We've had a handful oh, of excellent now, managers. People, people might be surprised at this, actually, um, because... I mean, oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, he's my drinking buddy, yeah. as you know. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> So th- that's a story that will come out in the years. You know, I think I, it ha- I'd have to say, you know, you've got to say Kirbishley's up there. And, and Lenny Lawrence for me as well, by the way, who managed to keep us in the first division under huge pressure and, and difficult circumstances. But the one who I think probably should have done uh, a lot more for us, what wasn't allowed to, and I think could have gone on to have been something special, was Mike Bailey. All right, I don't. I, I must admit, I don't know much. Yeah, about Mike him, so. Bailey was a player as well for us, and, and a really good. He played for England uh, while he was a Wolves, but he came to us and he shaped that side that then Alan Mullery took over, um, and I thought uh, harshly got uh, got the elbow when uh, when he, he fashioned a team that um, that was a really good uh, really good side. If you had to pick a favourite ever game, I mean, obviously there's oh, there's there's the, there's the obvious ones, the playoff yeah. finals, yeah. the you know promotion games. But is there one with a personal significance? For example, the Blackpool game we've uh, celebrate your father. That's a tough. Yeah, I mean that is a really tough. We've had so many um, uh, games where, I mean, I, I think actually in terms of emotion, the, the game first game back at the Valley with Portsmouth is probably up there mm. more so than the than the playoff final. Yeah, uh, because that really meant a lot to me being back because I. I, I said I didn't just fall in love with this uh, with this football team. 
I fell in love with a place. I'm, and don't get me wrong, it was a dump for a good, yeah. good many years. But it was a place where, um, you know, you could escape uh, the normal nonsense at home or at work or at school or whatever it was. And so the whole building and um, and football pitch was, was what drove me to this place. And so coming back here was special. And I think uh, my final question, I'm going to have to skip a few because we're running out of time. Uh, yeah, sorry, I, boys. I, no, I think, I think I know the answer to this. What's the closest you've come to packing it in? That's pretty much the answer I was expecting. Yeah, <laughs> I don't think I've ever that come yeah. that close. I haven't. Yeah. Um, you know, I think I've come close to uh, walking out a few times, but never, <laughs> never ever, I think, have I ever come close to thinking, no, there's no way I'm not coming back here. That's what I thought. Excellent. Well, Tell, it's been it's been great to hear that. Actually. I appreciate yeah, that. Congrats, so congratulations on your <laughs> on your fiftieth anniversary. And like I say, on twenty third of December, we're all going down to Rose of Denmark after yep. the Blackpool game. So if anyone wants to join us to celebrate uh, Terry's uh, Terry's anniversary, uh, we will do right. We've almost run out of time, but there is time to do this week's uh, player in focus, which is Ben Reeves. Now, um, I've got a feeling that Ben Reeves is going to be one of those players who either scores goals or does nothing. Mm. I've just got there's something about him that I think he's going to do that. So I've but I, but I did ask uh, I've asked the, the people on Twitter. Uh, Fred says he thinks there's more to come still uh, after the four goals he has already scored because we don't forget he scored a hatful of goals already. Now if he can keep up a decent scoring ratio and he did have a couple of chances yesterday, then he could be a real asset from midfield, which is where our goals come from. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Reese said uh, he's performed well in the cup games like Crawley and Fulham in the checker trade, scoring in both, but wasn't as good as I'd hoped yesterday. Certainly a good second choice between uh, Clark and possibly first choice if he can prove himself in a league game a bit more while Clark is injured. Uh, London Eagles says agree, uh, though maybe he's not fully fit yet. But for me, Clark is a lot more threatening. Views on that? I think Clark's a lot uh, gets gets about the pitch a lot more, or has done so far. But it's a bit harsh to, to compare at the moment because Reeves has only had a couple of games back since since uh, coming 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 back from injury. So, um, I mean, I've got to be honest. I'm trying to, I'm really desperately trying to remember what uh, Ben Reeves was like when we played when he played against us, and I can't. Well, so I remember him I, scoring goals. That's yeah, the thing, I, yeah, I remember him being in the right place at the right time. But um, the FA Cup game against NK at home last season he had a couple of chances mm. as well I remember him looking uh, quite good now we've almost run out of time so uh, I'll retweet your tweet Bob about your first game back at the Valley but it's also congratulations from Matthias for your uh, for your anniversary thanks uh, Matthias now, it. obviously it's uh, back at the Valley here on Tuesday and I'm glad that Mark Newbury's just uh, brought this to my attention uh, it says because I, I love I love a stat me I love tweeting stats to try and uh, ruin it for everyone uh, it says for the love of sweet baby Jesus don't mention that Rochdale have not won away <laughs> all season Mendes curse. Don't mention it. Yeah, don't, don't mention that, Mark. Whatever yeah, you do, so, yeah, Whatever you no, do don't no, mention no, it. No one mentioned that. Right, this has been Charlton Live. Uh, I hope you've enjoyed it here on your Sunday evening. Thanks for all your correspondence. Thank you, Nathan, uh, for coming in. Cheers. Thank you. Yeah. See you Tuesday. And uh, Terry, of course, uh, on your special weekend. Thank you. I apologise if I bored anybody. Uh, it didn't but bore I, me. But, uh, I but loved it. it. Thank you. Yeah, so uh, thanks for that. Thanks to all of you who've listened and joined in. I've been Louis Meadows. Hope you've enjoyed it. Uh, hopefully, I'm going to be back on Thursday. Neither Nathan or Tom are around. I'm going to try and see what I can do to get a show uh, to go ahead. But we, uh, if we if we are, we'll see you then. If not, we'll see you next Sunday. Uh, but I hope you enjoyed it. Thanks for your emails and tweets, and we'll see you later. Hi, this is Craig Robinson from Ways to Win, and support for this podcast comes from Invesco QQQ, the official ETF of the NCAA. The future isn't scary, not realizing its potential, however, could be. 
Just like on the recruiting trail, I've seen potential come in many forms as a coach. Learn more at Invesco.com slash QQQ. Let's rethink possibility. Invesco Distributors, Inc. 